Octavio Rozzo, the CEO and co-founder of Owl Software. Octavio, thank you very much for chatting to me. Thank you very much, Tony. Looking forward to the chat. Yes. Octavio, uh, we, we're talking about um, insurance ecosystems um, and especially the technology side of um, the ecosystem. You did um, a very interesting presentation for us at the InsurTech 2020 feels like a decade ago, but it was only in March last year, um, around the ecosystem uh, um, concept. So maybe just for those who have not seen that presentation yet, you could just explain to us a little bit um, how you see the technology ecosystem. Sure, Tony. Um, thank you, uh, everyone, for, for listening in. Um, you know, first, let's try and define what I understand and I think what insurers, UMAs and, and, and brokers ought to understand is what constitutes the ecosystem. So I think in the past, traditionally, there were multiple legacy systems that were being utilized by um, various stakeholders in the insurance value chain. So a reinsurer would use a particular system and then an insurer would use a particular system. A UMA would use a system, whether it be the insurer's system or their own system, and then the broker would use their own system. As we all know, ultimately, it's policyholder information which needs to be recorded and reported on. And what would then happen in the olden days, <laughs> excuse that word, would be that they would aggregate from the broker up the data into the UMA or into the insurer, and then they would skin that data and skin that reporting in order to report to the insurer on their metrics, to the, to the UMA on their metrics, to the broker on their metrics, and to the reinsurer. And that was obviously a very clunky and very cumbersome way of operating because it would take a lot of time by um, human resources, actual people who sit and segment and break down the data in a way that it can be consumed by each one of those stakeholders. So what an insurance ecosystem is really is a central place or one version of the truth, both from, both from a functionality perspective and from a data perspective where everyone operates and everyone amends and changes everything in one place. And then the trick is to be able to off that very normalized and standardized data set, you are able then to extrapolate or, ex or extract the information that you require in your position as a particular stakeholder in the insurance value chain. So a practical example would be that an insurer would use a system. The system is a centralized system with centralized data and functionality. But each one of the various stakeholders in its business would be able to log in and consume the very same underlying data. They would just be able to consume it in the way that makes sense to them. So a broker would look at that very same information, knowing exactly how much premium was raised, how much premium was collected, and how much commission was due to them. But that's not what's important for the reinsurer. For the reinsurer, by way of example, they would need to understand the same premium raised, the same premium collected, but also a function of the claims linked to that book of business, as well as all the ancillary additional information which that reinsurer requires to understand that entire book. But it's all of the same data set, of the same architecture, essentially of the same ecosystem. 
Does that, that make sense, Tony? Absolute sense. I mean, you've explained to us well, you know how the the, the different players would interact there. Um, the next question then would be, where would they start um, in in being able to take advantage of this? Um, so basically, in the past, we've had ecosystems, but it it wasn't as complicated as it is now. And it didn't have as many opportunities, obviously, as it has now. So where would the different players, the reinsurer, the underwriter, the broker, start in taking advantage of this development? And sort of somehow it feels to me like um, it almost, um, the hub is almost the insurer and the reinsurer and the broker, etc., sort of almost fits in around this. But how do you see that starting point? I, th I think you're. Uh, well, I think you're right, Tony. I think you're right. I think the the, the hub is the insurer, the core, the the central nucleus of it all hmm. is the insurer. Um, and and how does an insurer then go about doing this? Well, well, the first thing is to understand the technology has evolved, and the technology that is available today allows one to have a system where. Um, each one of the uh, stakeholders are able to log in and consume that information. But before you even get there, you have to philosophically look at your current setup, your current structure, your current IT environment, and you have to find a way of centralizing all your data. That is the first port of call. Um, people do that in many different ways. So instead of changing your policy and your underlying policy administration system, perhaps you can just extract the data out of that into a central data lake or data repository. And if you've got two or three other incumbent systems, they can all be exported. The data can all be exported into this one central place, which allows people to report and understand. But that's a bit of a clunky way as well, because when you extract the information and the data out of your incumbent system and putting it into a data lake, you have to transform the data. You have to work on the data. And the moment that data is transformed and worked on, in order for it to be validated, to be installed back into the data lake, you realize that the data might not be as pure and as accurate as you had hoped because of all the transformation rules that you've had to run on it. So, so you actually have to take even one step further back and you have to, as an insurer, understand that when the data hits you for the first time, that data ought to be validated in real time at the coalface to ensure that as it enters into your ecosystem, it is entered into the ecosystem in the correct format, in the correct validation, and you know that that data is right. And you know, it's basic stuff, Tony, like um, ID numbers and vehicle registration numbers, which often we see have got a TBA next to them, or physical addresses which don't exist. And all these things are things which you can validate in real time against third-party data sources like the Department of Home Affairs for ID number validation, the banking switch for banking validation, um, you know, Mead and McGrather for vehicle validation. Um, you can do all sorts of validations to third-party data sources to ensure that by the time that data hits you, it's right. So if you're asking me where an insurer ought to focus, they need to focus their attention solely on getting the data in, in a validated format the first time that it hits their business, their, their ecosystem. So from that perspective, then, how do you find, I mean, the, it, it, 
although it's not a new concept um, that we're working with, but as, as we said earlier on, I mean, it's very different now and it's, um, it is uh, probably a lot more complicated, et cetera. How do you find the, the uptake from insurers specifically on the concept of an ecosystem? Um, Tony, so the insurer, as you correctly pointed out earlier, is one of a number of stakeholders in that value chain. So even if the insurer can fully understand the advantages of essentially, or the advantages of, for instance, validating data on input, you know, the difficulty is ensuring that the UMA and the brokers also buy into that very same vision. Because that's where the rub hits the road. That's where things actually happen at the broker and UMA level. And um, and I think that's where the difficulty is because the market, the policyholders, the way that things have traditionally been done have not been done with the, with the, with the attention to detail and the care that they needed to be done in order to validate all this data on input. So um, the insurers, my experience is they fully understand the concept of a centralized uh, ecosystem. They understand, at least the ones that I've engaged with, and they're looking to implement it, but every day is a training and um, a, 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 a training experience in terms of educating um, everyone in that, in that value chain about the importance of getting the data in correctly, which allows then everything else to happen mm. subsequently. Mm. And then finally, um, Tavio, from uh, a software um, developer perspective, um, how do you approach this in your own, in the product design of the platform? Um, how do you how do you cope with all the um, sort of variables that um, potentially could hit your system? Tony, the, the best way to answer that question, I think, is to say that from the outset, the design philosophy has to be an agnostic one, one which accepts the reality of the multiple stakeholders, accepts the reality of the difficulty at the coalface in receiving real and validated information, and then building workflows and building the system to be able to accommodate those, but slowly, slowly pushing and funneling all the manner in which people work into a particular way that works best for the insurer. So um, if you have, uh, if I'm using the data example, at a broker level, the information which is provided is not entirely accurate. You allow some of the business to be taken on, but you create additional workflows and additional um, uh, tasks for experienced users to be able to um, uh, quality check and ensure that what gets put ultimately into the system is in fact uh, accurate at at the at the base level, um, and from a from a system uh, architecture point of view, there has to be a recognition that you will never going forward. I don't believe work in isolation as an insurer on your own island. There's always going to be these other stakeholders, and there has to, the 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 recognition is to say that uh, insofar as they exist, let me understand what is the information they look to consume and how can I present that information to them in real time or in a reporting format which doesn't require 
a lot of human hours to be able to convert data for what mm. they need to see. It should be readily available there. And you do that from the outset of your of your mm. design. Fascinating. I mean, it's, it's it, indeed from all perspectives and a very exciting time. Um, I, I don't think that uh, uh, insurers have had such a variety of opportunities to take advantage of, similar for brokers. And then when it comes to you guys as the software providers, it's also probably opened up a whole new scope um, of interesting innovations that you could come up with to, um, to assist your clients. So, yeah, indeed, a fascinating time. Absolutely. And, you know, the, bigger, the biggest one, Tony, the biggest one is that if that data is accurate and if that data is real, um and not manually manipulated. You are then able to do a lot of cool things on the data. Reporting is one that everyone knows, but then you can start doing live dashboards on the data without manual manipulation. But the, 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 the big one is the machine learning and the AI um, advantages that it gives you because now you're running with true and real data. And if you have a lot of it, you are able to get really smart from a machine learning or an AI perspective in terms of being able to predict um, user experiences, user um, uh, engagements with the system. The system is able to push particular, um, if the if from an AI perspective, from machine learning perspective, every month on the first you get an email from a, a person X, and they ask you to perform a function. You're able to automate that entire task and provide them with a response in 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 an automated fun, in an automated way. Which all of this is ultimately to allow for scale. You know, where you don't have to hire new people to grow your business by two x. You can keep your current staff contingent, but you can grow your business in a and the client journey is a um, predictable and uh, reliable client journey across the entire book of business because you're not relying human health. It's it's a system it's a system mm. journey. Sounds like another conversation coming up there. So um I'll I'll keep <laughs> Definitely. interested. Definitely. The, 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 the only the only comment I'd leave with that is that what we found from AI perspective um and uh, some machine learning is that you need petabytes yeah. of data. Terabytes of data don't be enough. Unbelievable. <laughs> Tavio, thanks so much. It was great chatting to you this morning. Thank you um, very much, Tony. Always a, always a pleasure chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to our next um, engagement. Mm -hmm.